Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us at Frontline Community Online. We're a church based in Ramstein, Germany, and we have a simple mission, to love God, love others, and to help others love God. Now we do this by being real, relational, and relevant. During this podcast, you'll hear from our lead pastor, John Maroos, discussing fear and anxiety and how God turns our chaos into good. We're so honored to be a part of your day, and we hope that you'll be blessed by today's podcast. Well, we're in strange times, that's for sure. Precious people dying. Tombstones like teeth. Parking lots empty. Shelves are bare. Schools are quiet. Borders are closed. And churches are empty. We all know that the coronavirus has changed life as we know it. And what we're hearing more and more in the news, no matter where you're at in the world, is that we don't really have a backup plan. We have a new buzzword, a buzz phrase, social distancing. And it's impacting all of us. We, we find ourselves avoiding touch, now bottled up at home. It was the death toll, and now it seems to be transferring over to social distancing. There's a great fear and a plethora of articles on how to survive this thing, just being at home. And many of you, no matter where you're at in the world, uh, you're not working right now. Your children are out of school. You're thinking about finances. You're thinking about the economic downfall that may be coming, layoffs. There's so many things flying at us right now, and this has created some new challenges for all of us. I mean, even here at Frontline, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about revival. We were experiencing great things from the Holy Spirit. Many of you were having what we call breakthroughs here at Frontline, radical transformation, marriages being healed, bodies being healed, people coming to Jesus Christ for salvation. And yet we find ourselves in a totally different place now. And uh, I, I just got to pause for a minute, wherever you're at, as part of our frontline family. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this church, and I just want to say I miss you guys. I get choked up. Right here in my Bible, I got, uh, I got pictures that many of your kids have drawn for me. And we miss you guys. I miss your kids running up and, and hugging me and, and seeing you guys and your marriage is healed and coming down to this altar Sunday after Sunday for services and just seeing Jesus do powerful things in your life. And our lives have been changed. And, and for all of us, really the theme right now is this thing of social distancing. Here we are doing an online church. And uh, this is just a new fact of life right now. For many Many of you even watching, there is, there is a, a stay-home strategy right now. For others, there's mandatory quarantine. And uh, no matter what, it is inevitable that this thing is impacting every single one of our lives. And when you factor in this idea that with this shutdown, as, as we're calling it right now, people home from work and children home from school, we realize that with all the forced stress, we got a bunch of people living together in homes right now that can't leave. And we are actually looking for strategies on just how to cope with this thing of being bottled up in our houses, parks being closed just down the street from my, my own house. Um, 
new articles are flying through the internet right now on how to cope. And, uh, and I just read one this morning. We're, we're doing our best to find new strategies to figure out how to deal with 12 hours, 15 hours together in our homes. And I just read an article on how Jennifer Lopez is dealing, dealing with being at home all day. You know, we've, we are out of series to watch on Netflix right now. We've watched everything that is available to us right now. And we're, we're really just struggling right now. And the question is, what do we do? How do we deal with this time in our world? Somebody give us some strategies, a fresh voice on how to deal with this time, not just with the virus, but with this shutdown of being at home and dealing with finances and, and what the future holds and, and the economic breakdown or whatever else this situation throws at us. And as I was thinking about this, you guys, think about your own life. As I was thinking about this thing we call the shutdown now, what we're really struggling with, with everything going on, is this feeling that everything is out of control. It's not really so much about not working physically at work and kids being at home, as, as tough as that is. It is about feeling out of control right now. And if you think about it, we are right now as a human race, we're at the mercy of a virus. We are at the mercy of something we cannot even see right now. We are at the mercy of a government that's doing their best to try to forge a way forward in a situation that we have never faced as a human race. The feeling of being out of control has got to be one of the hardest parts of all of this. And uh, I was thinking about my own life and, and doing our best with our staff here and, and thinking about all of you as your home. And, and really the, the word that kept hitting me is the word powerless. We feel right now in our world powerless. And uh, we, want, we want to understand how things are going to work. We want to understand the outcome of things in our world. We want, to, we want to be able to have some version of control over our lives so we can at least predict what's going to happen. And when you can't predict what's going to happen, when you feel like you're out of control, or things are out of your control, it is a terrifying feeling. And so we seek the Lord. We seek the church. We seek for answers. Many of us have sought the media for answers. We, we have sought each other for answers and Facebook for answers. And there's so much information flying around right now. We need fresh answers. How do we cope with this time? How do you cope with a world that's locked in, that's powerless to a virus? What are, what are the ways forward or what are the answers right now? I was walking with the Lord this week. I, I'm, I'm searching for answers myself. I'm, I'm searching for a way to speak to you, thousands of people that will tune into this sermon and try to, try to give you some handles to this thing, some solutions to this thing. And so I went to my man, Paul. Paul in the scriptures. I just started reading Paul's writing, an early Christian leader, and I'm seeking for answers from my man, Paul. He's full of wisdom and he's changed my lives and changed my life. And I just took this week, guys, to slow down and look into the life of a man who, oddly enough, was in a situation almost identical to ours 2,000 years ago. And what, what I was marveling about is that he mastered this thing. Like he didn't let the situation own him. He found a way forward. And, and I started digging into the scriptures and digging into the scriptures and, and really seeking out the wisdom of the Lord and seeing his moves and how he dealt with his situation. And I, I dug up some amazing things I want to share with us today. And I want you to see Paul. 
Oddly enough, again, his situation is not far from ours. I want you to see the Apostle Paul, a Christian man, a man who walked with God, a man who knew God. 2,000 years ago, a mover and a shaker, in all of his ambition, in all of his vision, he was trapped in a room. A man he was single-handedly changing the world through the gospel and the power of God is now broken down and living in a bedroom, isolated from the world's. Now, his situation was different from ours. He was arrested for preaching the gospel. But nonetheless, his ambition and his aid type and his, his motivation and his dreams, they were all shut down and he was confined to a small room. And he was in that room for two years. You know, not to make light of anything going on in the world right now. But if you think about it, we're in two weeks. And this man was shut down for two years. And all of that ambition and all of his dreams and all the lives he was saving and all of his plans that he was moving. He was sitting on a dirt floor. Four walls around him. It had all been taken away from him. Stuck in a house. And oddly enough, do you know where he was for two years? With everything stripped from him, isolated in a bedroom. Of all the places in the world, tell me God is not speaking right now. He was in Italy. Probably the hotbed. Probably the place on earth where the most destruction is happening from this virus. He was in the same place. And yet in Italy, trapped in a bedroom, with everything taken from him, this man found a secret, a way to unlock freedom and power and actually move forward in his situation. Now, if you have a Bible, I'm going to be in Philippians for a while here. Go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. And the most powerful statement is written as he's sitting on this dirt floor and he's sitting in this bedroom and he's, he's writing, oddly enough, to a bunch of Jesus followers saying, hey guys, keep your head up. You got this thing. I know life is bad out there and you're thinking to yourself, but Paul, your whole life has been taken from you. And he writes in verse 12, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me? And if you just stop the verse right there, just look up wherever you're at. Just look up at me. If you stop that verse right there, how you choose to finish that sentence is going to change your life during this time. What has happened to me? Now, Paul could have wrote anything in there. He could have said it's not fair. And, and granted, it wasn't fair. He could have said, I don't understand what God is doing right now. What has happened to me has, has ruined my life. He could have filled in the blank and almost justifiably so. But Paul did something. He made a move that I'm absolutely staggered by. This, this is the critical moment for us in this world right now. How do we finish that sentence? What has happened to me? How will you process it? How will you choose to deal with it here? Whatever is going on in your life, whether it's vocationally, with your children, or, or even battling this virus, how will you choose to finish that sentence? He says in Philippians 4 and verse 11, a man who had been stripped of everything, not that I am speaking in being of need, and you're thinking to yourself, the audacity of saying something like that. What do you mean? Not that you're speaking of being in need. You're not well. You're sick. And he was. 
You're desperate to see your family and friends again. And he was. He wrote to Timothy, come see me, please. He was cold. He says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I mean, that's just a radically bold statement. In verse 12, he says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. I, I know how to get my butt kicked. I know how to get rocked. I know how to have my life stripped and I know how to live with blessings and, and radical power. And haven't we experienced at least at frontline both of those in just a matter of about four weeks? In any and every circumstance, and here it is right here, don't miss this, I have learned the secrets of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Now, I thank God that Paul said, I had to learn the secrets. It wasn't a switch he just flipped in his despair, and all of a sudden he was okay. And that would be an injustice to this world and, and everyone watching if I just said, hey, you just got to flip the switch. But he said, I had, I had to learn the secret. And that, that makes me think that Paul had really bad days when he was sitting in that dirt floor in Italy with nothing, everything being taken from him. It makes me think that he had bad weeks where he may have questioned God and he may have been mad at the government or he may have questioned the sovereignty of God. I, I don't know. But I'm very thankful that Paul had to go on a journey and it's the journey I want to take every one of you on. I had to learn the secrets of being in the place I am and not giving up and not losing hope, I unlock the secret. Now, I want to give you two moves that Paul made. And, and wherever you're at, I want you to write these down. Put, in, put them in your iPad. Talk to your family about these two things. Paul did two things in his mind. That those four walls could not hold him any longer. That the situation could not hold him any longer his lack of control was not going to dominate him any longer. Paul did two things, and I'm going to give them to you, and I, I'm, I'm practicing these things right now, even in my own life. And wherever you're at as a frontliner or a family back in the States or those who are listening in other countries, let's do this together, guys. Let's, let's not let this beat us. Let's move these two pieces that Paul is going to introduce us to. Number one, write this down. The first thing that, that Paul does, and this is not going to be easy when I say this. This is going to actually create some confusion. It, it's not going to be emotionally satisfying, but the first thing that Paul does is he accepts that he can't change his circumstances at the moment. And I know there's almost a flinch there because the natural human reaction to pain and and feeling isolated and feeling trapped is we, we want to fix things and there's everything Right about that. But look at what Paul does. Look at Philippians chapter 1 and look at verse 21. He says, and I want you to hear the confusion. This is often like slapped onto a bumper sticker as if Paul was Superman. But I want you to feel the, the confusion in these verses. Paul writes in verse 21, for to me to live is, is Christ and to die is gain. He's, he's going... Like if I'm going to be here and I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this situation, I'm going to do everything to walk with Jesus. I'm going to do everything I can to exalt Jesus and make Jesus famous. But man, I would be in a much better place if, if the Lord called me home. That's an amazing statement. 
And then I want you to feel this in, in verse 22. As, as you see this man sitting on this dirt floor in, in the middle of Italy with, with everything stripped from him, he says, if I am to live in the flesh, if, if I'm going to be stuck in this situation, that means fruit, fruitful labor for me. I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to try to use this to become the man of God that God is calling me to be or to use it to move the gospel into this world. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I do not know if I'm going to live I do not know if I'm going to die. I do not know what the future holds. That's, that's what he's saying right there. And, and I hope in a way that comforts us just to slow down and see the Apostle Paul say, I don't even know what, what tomorrow holds for me. Like, I'm, this thing is totally unknown. And I'm doing my best to grow in Jesus. I'm doing my best to stay close to Jesus. But I don't know if I'm going to live. I don't know if I'm going to die. I'm just stuck in this thing. And I think what he's saying here, and I just want you to feel this right here. He's going like this. I tried to fix this. And if you know anything about Paul through reading the Bible, you know he's the A type. You know if there's a problem in front of him, he's sending emails, he's texting people, he's, he's trying to work things, he's reading news, he's, he's strategizing, and it's like he's going like this. You know, I'm, I'm 12 months in, I'm 18 months in, I'm two years in. I did everything I could to fix this, and there's everything right about doing that, but I am at a place where I am realizing this is so out of my control right now that I do not know what is going to happen to me. And that's our cry right now. I was thinking about Paul writing these words. I don't know if he's, he's sitting on the back wall of this room on the dirt floor. He's got a, a broken wood desk and he's got old parchment and pen and he's scratching this stuff in the dimness of that room. But I was trying to get into his mind because I, I want this man's heart during this time and I want to lead like this man leads. And I think what he's saying is so much of our unhappiness originates within our own minds and our hearts in how we react to events in our life. And he had to realize that if I can't change this, I've got to change the way I'm thinking about this because I can't let this thing tear me down. And it's like he realized he's got so much power in his thought life to choose to see the situation in a whole new way, which is going to create strength in his soul. I don't have power over my future, guys. I don't have power over what's happening in the world. But I've still got power in the way that I choose to think through this situation. I can free myself up here. And I wrote this down to myself. I wrote this down to our staff. We've been having prayer meetings three times a week. We need to try and do everything possible to change things. We got to do everything we can as a human race right now, as a church, as friends, as families, to try to change things. But guys, at some point, there's got to be a surrender to God. There's got, we got to come to that place where we just say, Lord, I've tried everything I got. I, I've tried everything that I, I can possibly figure out here, and I'm now bound the knee to you. You know, at some point, this has got to turn to faith, and that's not easy to do. And so maybe you're listening here, and, and that may take some time to process. Maybe you're feeling like that's almost fatalism, like... Well, if I just surrender this thing, like what's going to happen to me? It's not fatalism. We're not quitting. We're not throwing in the towel. It's just a shift in strategy. 
And I want you all to write this down. Man, this has been a thought that has been in my home. It's been in my head. It's been in my heart. And I'm spilling it out globally right now. I want everyone, no matter where you're at, to write this down. This is what Paul did. He realized this situation is out of his control. But I think what Paul is saying to us is if I can't change my situation, then I'm going to let the situation change me for the better. My hands are tied. I can't work right now. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going to happen to my bank account. I can't change the situation, but up here I can choose to let the situation change me for the better. And so he makes this radical move from realizing like, okay, I can't change this circumstance, but I can use the circumstance to change me right now. And instead of trying to change what he can't, he allows it to shake him, shape him into the person that God wants him to be. And all of a sudden now he's in control of it in a whole new way. So I want you to write that second thing down. Instead of trying to change what he can't, he simply begins to allow it to shape him into the person God wants him to be. Look at Philippians 1.19. He says, I'm stuck in this house. I'm stuck in, in Italy. I don't know what's going to happen to my money. I haven't seen my family in years. I've been here for so long. I've written all the magistrates to get out of this thing. And I'm still here. And so I'm surrendering the situation. I can't change the situation, but I'm going to make the situation change me. It's going to work for me now if I flow with it in the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. For I know that through your prayers. So he's writing this church and he's like, Pray for me right now. I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. And really what he's saying there, and if you're at home or whatever, I want you to look at that word deliverance in the ESV or whatever version you're reading. The last words in verse 19. He says, I know, I know this is going to turn out for my deliverance. And that, really that word means my refinements. I know this situation can still be used to refine me. I can't get out of this house. I can't get out of this situation. I can't, I can't guard my finances right now. I can't bring my family to me. The circumstances are out of my hands. But I can use the circumstance to refine me while I'm in the waiting. And that, that is like an invincible man right there. That is an absolutely invincible man right here who says, okay, I can't change the outward, but I can use this place, this room, this situation to change the inward. It's going to refine me. And I don't know this, I don't even know how to explain this, but in some weird way, all of a sudden, it does bring us back in control because we're no longer victims. We're now using this thing for the glory of God to make us the people God's calling us to be deliverance Lord refine me through this I'm having a conversation with Paul all week and he's going John I'm going to use this situation I was thinking about Paul sitting on that dirt floor you guys and he's looking out that window he's looking at that door handle if they had him back then or whatever but I think he's looking at that door and he's sitting in that dirt and he wants to change his circumstances. And it's like he just goes, well, I can't. And the Lord's not open that door right in front of me and he won't let me out of this thing. So let, let's let the dirt do the work. 
Let the situation start doing the work. Okay, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to teach me then? What are you trying to change in me then through this thing? And I love the power of Paul's mind because if you look from one angle at the coronavirus or, or what's going on with employment or just the fear of being away from family, if you look at it from one angle, it's, it's bad. It, it's, it's a hard thing. But if you look at it from another angle, you can see that God has granted us to do something in us. He's grounded me. He's, he's put me down. Because he wants to do something in me. And if he's not letting me out of this thing, and, and Romans 8.28 is, is a real thing, that all things still work together for good, then I need to start asking God, if I'm stuck in this, then what are you trying to do in me? You know, we just sang that song, Waymaker. And there's that beautiful line that says, even though we don't see that you're working, you never stop. You never stop working. And you may feel right now that God's not working, but he never stops. He never stops working. And if he's not working to change the outward situation, he's working to change the inward heart. How is God trying to grow you right now where you're at? If you're stuck in your house, if you can't work, if you're trying to figure out, like 14 hours with my kids now, if you're a teenager and you're stuck at home with mom and dad, the circumstances are changing. How is God trying to change you where you're at now? And what if we could just focus on that? What if we could just focus on what is in our control? God, what are you trying to tell me right now where I sit in my house in this lockdown? You know, we got an awesome staff here at Frontline. And we were in a prayer meeting with our staff today, and we were just sharing scripture with each other. And we got this awesome young lady uh, who works for us. And I, I just looked over, I said, you know, you've been quiet during this time. I want to know what God's saying to you right now. And she said the most beautiful thing. She said, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm stuck where I'm at. I, I can't change my situation. I can't hang out with friends and all that. But if I can't change the outward, I'm, I'm trying to let God change the inward. And she goes, this whole thing has just reminded me how thankful I am for the small things. Because I can't have them. Because I can't just go hang out with my friends. I can't just go kick it in K-Town or whatever. It's just, it's making my heart be so much more thankful. And it's like, if I can't, if I can't change, get back out in my community and going and hanging out at a playground or whatever, it's like she's going like this. When I can, I'm going to let the dirt do its work. And I am going to come back to this place of God birthing a, a deeply thankful heart in my soul for all the small things. And I was just thinking about all of you. For some, you can't change your circumstances and, and you're where you're at. But what is God trying to do? Maybe, maybe you need to learn how to slow down. I mean, maybe you're where you're at because God's saying, hey, it's just time we breathed. It's just time you learned how to slow down and, and live at a different pace. If we can't change the outward, if we can't change the circumstance, 
Maybe God has put you at home with your kids because he just wants you to connect with them again. You know, for us parents, we just get moving so fast. It gets so wild out there. Maybe he just wants you to slow down and look in their eyes again and, and do tickle tortures and ice cream and all the cool things you used to do. Maybe he's still working in your home. If we can't change the outward, maybe we can change the inward. Maybe for some of you, it's time just to be fully present with your spouse. Maybe it's time to learn how to look at each other in the eyes again and love each other. Maybe it's time to say, I love you again. Maybe it's time to have some, some conversations again like when you were dating and things are beautiful. Maybe the Lord is working still. Maybe for some it's to slow down and learn to pray. You know, I just wonder sometimes why he slowed my schedule down right now and he's, he's got me a little locked down and if he won't change the outside, maybe he's trying to change the inside. Maybe, maybe the dirt needs to do its work in my prayer life. Maybe he's trying to reconnect you to himself in a deeper way. I think for some of us, he's just trying to get us to shift our priorities so life will count. And you know, what we're learning right now, it's the small things, it's the beautiful things, it's the walks, it's the kids, it's the love, it's the time, it's the dinners, it's the little things, it's the priorities, the real things. If we can't change the outside, maybe he wants to change the inside. So I want to encourage you, no matter where you sit, wherever you're at listening to this sermon, if we can't change the circumstances, Let's let the circumstances change our hearts. Don't waste this trial. Let the dirt do its work. Before I close this down in prayer, the greatest work that Jesus could do right now is in your soul if you're not saved. If there's anything we have been reminded of, it's the frailty of life. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? It's why he came to the earth. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he rose from the dead to build the bridge back to God the Father so you could know God and live with God so you could have eternal life. Where you sit right now, if that's you, the best way you know how, you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to save you. You repent, you turn from rejecting him and receive him in faith. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and save me. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to encourage you. Let the dirt do its work. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray over every listening ear who can hear my voice that you would do this work in our hearts. And Father, if you have choosed as our sovereign God to not change the circumstances yet. Father, I pray that you would teach us the secret of letting our circumstances now change us. What are you trying to say to us? How are you trying to change us through this time? Father, I have no greater desire that when, when, Father, you drive out this virus and when you bring us back to whatever normal is going to look like, Father, we would not waste this time but we would hear your voice right now and let you change us. Let the dirt do its work. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks so much for joining us today. If this is your first time joining us online, please head over to our website linked below and say hi. We'd love to meet you. If you would like someone from our church to pray for you, please shoot us an email at prayer at frontlinecommunity.org. If you feel led to contribute financially to this ministry, please visit frontlinecommunity.org forward slash about forward slash give or email giving at frontlinecommunity.org. And please feel free to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and rate our podcast. We really hope you were blessed by our podcast. We'll see you next week.